0: Hi there and welcome. The First Christian Church podcast ministry features the teaching and preaching of the First Christian Church in downtown Roseburg, Oregon. Here's today's message. I want to say thank you on behalf of all the missionaries that you support for your support of missions around the world. And it was important to us to uh, know that people were behind us And you were one of those churches that were behind us. We were there 15 years, as Darren said. For those who were following our journey, we went over when our girls were two and three years old and came back when they were ready for college and my parents needed more help. My daughters, uh, as one says, you got a good return on your investment. So with two girls, we now have eight grandchildren. (laughs) And so God has blessed in many ways. And so we appreciate you and uh, Mm -hmm. God bless you. Well, as they say, you can't do, I couldn't do this without her, to be honest. Uh, she's been, uh, Janice is just a, a great lady. And if you're interested, there is a display out there. There's a couple of books she wrote. Many of you have read those. If you don't remember us, which I wouldn't be surprised, uh, it's okay. I'm from Sutherland. Did you know that? Does anything good come out of Sutherland? Sutherland. Uh, My dad and my brother and sister still live there, actually, and I don't get over here very often. As a matter of fact, it was five years ago since I've been here, so I could tell you some stories about Darren, mostly the stupid things we did, but I won't. Uh, We hunted together, fished together, worshipped together, studied together, and uh, I got to see when he and Val got together, and it's just been fun, and I appreciate you, Darren, a lot. And God's just really blessed. You know, I just feel blessed to be a part of what God is doing in the world and have been a part of that. I've, I never wanted to be a pastor, never planned on it, Daniel, I never, I didn't even study it. I got back to Klamath and we came back in 2011. We came back in 2010, stayed in Eugene for a year and then went back to Klamath Falls, living outside of Bonanza on the way to Lakeview called Just Past Dairy. Anybody know where that's at? We have a little farm out there with some cattle that we raise and hay and all that. So pastoral work isn't my only job. I have a few other ones, including equipment and all that stuff. Um, But it's just been a blessing. And, you know, sometimes I look back, well, 40 years ago, Darren, and I can't believe what God had in mind and what he's done, and yet you see what's going on in Ukraine and Russia right now, and I'll, let me uh, say that most of what you read isn't true, it's half-truths. Uh, try to broaden your horizons. The mainstream media has an agenda, just like everybody has an agenda, and most of it I don't even look at. I look at the USA Today this morning and it was just like a gut punch, because I know what they're telling is just so biased. And it's not that they don't have a few good points, but it's all one-sided, and there's always more to the world than that. So let me give you a quick update on what I know in Crimea, specifically, because we were there, but what I also know, based on others that I've talked with and follow, of what's going on in Ukraine, too. Overall, the churches are growing. Praise the Lord. Now, there's been some really bad atrocities on both sides, actually, Uh, and People in here saw in the region that we were very close with or in the Donbass region where I also have a lot of friends and knew of the trainings that were going on over there and so forth and participated in, um, and on both sides it's ugly. You know, it's governments who fight, it's not people. And they, anyway, I just don't like it. It hurts. I, it hurts because they're my friends. It hurts because I see the struggle they're going through. Uh, I got a phone call from Nikolai this week. Now, he called me through Telegram, and if you know Telegram, it's a secure communications platform that the Russians or whoever can't listen in on. And when he called that way, he never calls that way. I knew something was up. And what he told me was that the, we're on live stream here, huh? Is that right? Yeah. I want to be a little bit careful what I say, okay? Uh, just to be careful. Uh, so. The his they've asked to see all of his computer and electronic stuff just to see who's saying what and been in contact with whom. And that's a little disturbing. Uh, but beyond that, he has family and friends that live in Ukraine. And some of the kids have left the country. Others have left and come back, and they're staying. Uh, so the families are very disrupted. I mean, he has five children, and... None of them have left, are still in the area where we served. Uh, we have a hotel there, a training center actually, and he told me that this year they will not be able to operate it because they can't get workers, and we need somebody there 24 7 to be able to see what's going on. So I said, Well, Nikolai, you could just leave it. And he's old school, he's 66, something like that. And he says, Corey, I would accept the churches here. I'm the pastor. I can't leave the, church, the flock. And I tell you what, that just, I don't know how that hits your heart, but that hits my heart because there's a priority there that's more important than him. And that priority is what Jesus wants and what he's always done throughout his life, Nikolai. And I just love that man. He's my best friend over there. We stay in contact. It just hurts. It just hurts. So with that said, let's pray real quick because otherwise I'll probably end up crying and it'd be better if we're praying. Father, we just invite you here today. I want to thank you for what you've done, what you're doing in this world, the love you have for people, the love, the, the uh, vision that you have for reaching people, that your heart's desire is for all ethnic groups, all people groups, all peoples of this world to know you as Lord and Savior. You've never given up on that. That's been your vision from the very beginning, from the book of Genesis all the way through. And Lord, we, I don't know why, but you've given us the opportunity to take part in that. And so we're grateful for that too. And Lord, as each one of us are here today, I pray, Father, you speak to our hearts clearly as to what we should be doing and how we might be loving on people around us. I ask you to bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. let me start it this way. There was a missionary named Herbert Jackson. He had a car, and he was in Uruguay, as a matter of fact. And he was there for quite a few years. When he bought the car, it wouldn't work. But he figured out if he push-started the car, remember those old cars, right? You pop the clutch. You can't do that anymore. Push the car, pop the clutch, and it started. It ran. Well, so for two years, he did this. Now, he's no mechanic, obviously, and he did that, and he pushed the car, and he'd always harangue some kids that were on the street or somebody, give me a push, give me a push. Well, after two years, another guy, another missionary came because Mr. Jackson had developed some health issues, and he had to go home. Well, the other missionary comes, and, and Mr. Jackson is uh, talking about this car and the little system he has worked out, and everybody in the neighborhood knows him. And it was a great evangelistic tool, by the way, because then he got to introduce, talk to people all the time, right? Well, the other missionary comes along, and he opens the hood, and he says, I don't think that was the problem. And he hooks up one little cable, steps inside, and vroom. You know, that's our problem. We oftentimes don't connect to the power source, right? <laughs> we all have batteries, the energizers. I remember I remember when Darren and Val were just little energizer bunnies. You know, and, and all of us have had that at some point. Well, the Scripture talks about that. And today, the Scripture that we're I was assigned, but I love it anyway, is out of the book of Acts, chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, if you have, I don't know, you guys on the Bible app or anything like that? Uh, you can go to the Bible app, do it that way, if you do it that way. Usually I post my notes there today, I didn't, sorry, I didn't have permission, didn't think about it. So that's what we use. And by the way, Shastaway Christian is in Klamath Falls, if you didn't figure that one out, okay? So we're down there. So Acts chapter 1, verse chapter 1 Verses 6 through 8. I'm using the NLT, the New Living Translation, just because of how it says it. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and to restore our kingdom? Verse 7. He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people everywhere, especially in Roseburg, Jerusalem, throughout Douglas County in Oregon, Judea, and in the northwest and throughout America, that is Samaria to the ends of the earth, right? God provides us with the power. I hear this a lot in our church too, and people say, well, I just can't do that. You can't do it or you won't do it. Because what the Scripture says is, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what he's really saying, what Jesus was saying, was, You know me, you have the power. God has already put it in you to do what he's asking you to. Listen, I'm from Sutherland. What good comes out of Sutherland? And yet God called us. It was amazing. I was scared to death, just so you know. Janice and I both were just scared to death going to Ukraine. We knew what we had heard about it. And it was dark, mafia everywhere, KGB everywhere, you name it, every time you turned around. And they were. They were everywhere. And yet God sustained us through that whole time. And not just sustained us, he did things that I never could have done on my own, ever. It was the Holy Spirit's power. And he still is working, folks. When we accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit indwells us in in many places in the Scripture, especially in the New Testament. Jesus tells us what the Holy Spirit's going to do. He's going to convict us of sin and righteousness, right? He's going to remember, uh, teach us and to remember everything that Jesus said and many other things. He sealed us with His stamp. It's a legal contract, by the way. That stamp is a legal contract. He stamped it on our hearts. Who do we belong to? Him. And as a result, he gives us the power to do what he's asking us to. He's the one who gives us that power because he lives inside. You know, when I'm out and about, and I mean in Klamath or wherever it is, oftentimes you can tell who believers are. Janice and I got to go to Hawaii, which was, I mean, we've never done that before. And we were on Kona on this beach. And I was just looking at these kids that were out playing in the surf. I just knew they were believers. I just, I just knew, and so I asked them, and they, yeah, they're homeschooled, they're homeschooled family, Christian believers, and they happen to be on holiday. I have eight grandkids, and speaking of Energizer bunnies, the power, they're all six and under. So uh, even though we were only with each family for about a day, you can imagine we were kind of exhausted. That's, that's right. Grandparents, that's one wonderful thing you can give the kids back, right? So we're talking about the power that's in us that God has given us. Uh, and I, I believe that most of us probably don't recognize that power. We don't see how God is working. That's where it's nice to be able to have someone else. Who sees what God is doing? So, Janice and I, we can see each other, for instance, or Darren and I, we're able, because of even from a distance, to be able to see what God is doing. But God uses that and he said he said to the disciples, "Now remember the context of that. The context is right after matthew chapter twenty eight where it says, uh, Go therefore and make disciples right That whole passage. Well, here he comes into Acts chapter one, and he says, And you will be my I will give you power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses well In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That hope comes because of what Jesus has done on that cross, but he's the one who reminds us. The Holy Spirit is the one who reminds us of that hope. I mean, I look at our world, and I don't see a whole lot of hope. Do you? I just had a gal um, or a person there in the church who's cutting themselves. What does that stem from? No hope. And there's lots of folks like that that you know and I know as well. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7 says it this way. For this reason I fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity but of power power of love and sound mind or self-discipline. God has given us those things. Now, just think about that. Spirit of power, spirit of love, and a spirit of sound mind or spirit of self-discipline. Don't you like to be around those kinds of people? <laughs> Seriously, I love to be around those kinds of people, those people who are exhibiting what God has given into their lives. And it's the Holy Spirit who does that. Now, there is a difference between power and authority, though, Right? I mean, we have people in our government who have power, but I wouldn't say have the authority. Let me just give you an example, okay? There was a government man who happened to come. He was in charge of uh, geological readings for the Department of the Interior. And he came to this farmer's place. And he said, I need to go out into your field and take some readings. And the farmer said, well, I'm sorry, but you can't do that. He goes, yes, I can. And he pulls out his papers. So he shows the guy. He says, see, I can do it farmer says, I still wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go out into my field. Well, the guy climbed over the fence. Off he goes, takes out his equipment, and all of a sudden hears this galloping, looks around, and there's a big old bull chasing him. (laughs) And the man's yelling, help me, help me! And the farmer yells back, show him your papers! Show him your papers! (laughs) Now, he had a... Power, authority, I don't know which. Authority, but no power, right? Jesus has given us both. If you go back into Matthew 28, 18, Jesus addressed the idea of authority, and he said it this way. Um, Well, what he says is, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. What he's really doing is delegating that authority to us. Then he comes to Acts chapter 1, and he says, all power will be given to you through the Holy Spirit, Who am I will give you as well. So see, we've got the power and the authority. Let me just give you a really quick example of that. When we were, and I probably, I've told this story before, I'm sure it's even here. Uh, we had a whole bunch of guys that we were training to be church planters. And in that particular culture in Ukraine and Russia, guys are pretty timid. I mean, they don't want to assert themselves. Well, They started understanding that God had given them power and authority to go, and it changed them. I remember one village, and I was watching the guys as they were going from place to place, sharing their faith and talking to people, and when they would approach, people would run. Now, they weren't being threatening, not at all, but they were confident. They were confident in what Jesus had called them to do. They were confident in knowing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way that people couldn't argue with it. And it was amazing to watch. I mean, as a result of that, we saw well over a uh, hundred churches that were planted in Crimea from these guys who were just like you who sat in the pews. They were just like all of us. But they trusted the Lord, they believed what God had said, and they went forth. They just went out. They took that word, go, therefore, and make disciples. And so they did, and it was pretty fun to watch. It was amazing to watch because of the power that God had given, uh, that had come into their lives, and the Holy Spirit was working. So, you know what that word, by the way, power means in Greek? The word is dunamis. I probably didn't say it right, Daniel. You say Greek better than I did. Dunamis, and it means dynamite. That's where we get the word dynamite from. I mean, just think about that, what that all actually means, the dynamite that's in the difference that people's hearts, that Jesus makes. It's amazing. And God has equipped and called the church to do exactly the same. Now, I realize that sometimes we get this idea of church, and it's this building. And by the way, you guys do have a gorgeous building. It's much prettier than ours. It really is. Much more historical. Ours is just some big building, and it just sits there. But this is it's gorgeous. It's a landmark here, right? In in Roseburg. But that's not the church, is it? It's you guys. We're the church. We're the ones that God has called to be his witnesses, who receive his power to go forth and be his witnesses wherever we're going. And so a lot of times churches don't even bother to pray about what they're gonna do. I remember <laughs> we brought in an elder not too long ago. And he had retired about a year and a half ago from the water department in Klamath Falls. And he doesn't mind telling me this, telling this story, so I will. And he said, you know what we didn't do before I retired? We didn't pray about it. We just did it. It was the right time. I had the money. And that was the decision. Now, was that a smart decision or a bad decision? I'm not going to judge him. But I will say we neglect the fact of where the power comes from. It could have been that God had him in mind to work for another year or two. I don't know. It could have been, like another friend of mine who did pray about it, who retired a couple years early because he just felt like God was saying, time to get out of here. And there are different situations. But even as churches, sometimes we don't even pray about the very basic things. We just went through an elder process. We'd lost uh, three or four elders. Just really quickly. And I don't mean they died. One of them moved away. One did die. Another was just, he's just getting older and he just was tired, ready to retire. So we really prayed about it. It took us a year to find the right guys. To, for us to be able to feel confident, about, uh, confident excuse me, about what God's wanting to do. And I really believe, God willing, I believe that we've got the right guys on there. And I'm just thrilled. Because they, they bring so much different perspective, experience. And they're very loving, gentle guys. It's amazing to watch. Now, does that mean we haven't figured out? No, that's why we pray. Because we do. We have to pray to make sure that we know what God's wanting us to do. In Galatians uh, 5.22, still speaking of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit... And by the way, did you notice uh, there's no S after fruits? It's not fruits, it's fruit. The Holy Spirit works these out and He says... The Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the f- flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, we will also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Walking in the Spirit means expressing and showing the power that He's already put into our lives. Here's the challenge. When next time you go to Walmart or to Freddy's or wherever you go, smile when you go in and smile at everybody that you see. I know it sounds simple, right? Do most people smile in today's world? No. Here's another one, whistle. People think you're really strange. But do something that shows what's going on inside of you. If if Jesus is in you, we're supposed to have joy, love, peace, patience, all those things. It should show up. So do it. Show those things when you're out and about. Don't worry just about your shopping. Who cares? I mean, you guys, folks, none of you look to me like you're going hungry. None of you. So when you go shopping, be smiling, looking at people, whistling even, finding ways to share His witness. Now, when Jesus sent his spirit, he said, you will be my, dis- my witnesses. Now, did you catch that? That doesn't mean you, tomorrow I'll be his witness, but on Wednesday I'm not going to be. It says you will be my witnesses. So whether you like it or not, whatever you're doing is witnessing for Jesus. People will see it, and those who don't know you will wonder what's weird about you just because of the good stuff that they're seeing in you. Others who don't know you, they're still going to think you're kind of different. But they're going to see something. Regardless, we are His witnesses. We will show up. His Spirit will show up around you. Even if you don't know and don't feel comfortable, He'll still show up. There was a man who was a real estate salesman And during the recession of 2008, he sold three houses where most real estate agents were struggling. We're probably going to be back to that here pretty quick. Well, anyway, he was really good at it, and eventually he became a preacher. Well, he thought he could take his sales techniques and apply them as a pastor. Does that work? Well, he finally... He led a couple people to the Lord, got them into the baptistry, dunked them. They came up, and they were gone and never came back again. The problem wasn't that he didn't have good intentions. The problem was that he thought he could do it all when it's the Holy Spirit is the one who's doing it all. We can't take on the Holy Spirit's role. You know, and I've seen that before, and so have you, where it's so easy to judge other people where it's the the Holy Spirit's role to convict of sin and righteousness. We don't need to do that. You know, most people already know they're sinners. They do. I mean, all you have to do is say, could you please not cuss? And you'll get a reaction. Have you ever noticed that? You'll get a reaction. Who do you think you are, you goody-two-shoe? Who are you? Whereas what God is wanting us to do is just love on those people. Let the Holy Spirit take... Part in. I'm not saying we shouldn't challenge those things or that we shouldn't ask them not to guess. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that, but we need to do it in love because you're concerned, because you care about those people. Our job, my job, your job is to witness for Jesus. Do not worry about the outcomes. Let Him worry about that. That doesn't mean we don't pray. It means we do pray. It means we do everything we possibly can to love on these people, to show them And he says, you will be my witnesses, not only in Roseburg, Douglas County, Oregon, but into the whole world. So like it or not, folks, we are his witnesses. Now, there's a secondary meaning to that. It also means that you're going to be witnessing about what Jesus is doing in your life. How he's been working in you changing you, making you to look and act more like Jesus. In John 16, 7 and 8, it says, "'It's good for you that I'm going away,' Jesus says. "'Unless I go away, the Counselor,' or the Holy Spirit, "'will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. And when He comes, He will convict the world in guilt of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment.'" What Jesus is really saying is, when I leave, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. He's the one who's going to lead you. He's going to be the one who is your connection directly to Jesus. It's through the Holy Spirit that He works. You know, nowhere in the Scripture does it ever say, worship the Holy Spirit. You notice that? Praise Him, thank Him. But what does He do? Always points back to Jesus. Always. Always points back to Him. He speaks through us, he helps us in our prayers, he helps us understand the deep things of God's word in John 14. He'll testify about Jesus. He teaches us and he lives within us and guides us in Jesus' ways. Let me get I'm almost done, so let me just finish this off with a, a friend of mine who has now passed away in 2013. His name was Victor Olenek. Victor had been in the mafia. He was a he broke legs. How's that? That's what his job was. And his wife, he married her, Olya, and had she had been raised in a Christian family but had never talked to Victor about her relationship with Jesus. a matter of fact, she didn't have one. Well, the relationship between them got so bad, I mean, he was. she almost killed him once, and he was a lot bigger than her. Uh, she... He threw her in the trunk of a car one time and slammed it down on her legs. That gives you an idea how the dog and cat fight type of went in that relationship. Well, she realized that it had gone too far and she said, Victor, take me to church. Well, he said, I'll take you, but I'm not going in. Well, he'd take her, sit outside, wouldn't really listen, be reading, doing whatever he was doing. And she came out, and she had a most beautiful voice. She still does, has a great voice. And she was singing like a songbird that was just gorgeous. And he got jealous. He said, she's got a lover inside that church, and I want to find out who that guy is. There was no lover, except for Jesus. That was her lover. And it dramatically changed her life. Well, Victor, one Sunday, decided, okay, I'm going to at least go. So he steps in the back door, and that was as far as he got. The next week, he sat in the back row, and he sat in a chair. And as he was sitting there, at the end of the service, he became so convicted, the Holy Spirit was really working in his life, he smelled wet paint, and he said, those stinking Christians, they went and painted this bench so that I would come and sit on it, and if I get up now, I'm going to have this big stripe down my back, and I'm going to be so embarrassed. So the church service ended, he wouldn't get up. His, white, his knuckles were white from hanging on to the pew or to the bench. Finally, the pastor went back and he said, and Victor said to him, why did you paint this bench? He goes, what are you talking about? We didn't paint anything. Yes, you did. And he jumped up. It was all dry. There was no paint. God was working on him. Well, as a result of that, he came to Christ. He got into the book of John, started reading, read all the way through it. By the end, he was down on his knees praying. And if you're interested in that story, it's back there in in one of her books called Steps of Faith, where uh, where Janice talks about that. But God used that man who'd been former mafia. Within about five years, he'd planted 10 churches. We saw hundreds of people come to Christ. He was one of my better friends there, one of my best friends. Now, did he do it on his own? I called him the Energizer Bunny because he was that kind of a person. But what I really saw was his willingness to step out in faith, in the power of the Spirit, and witness. Everybody in town knew who Victor was. Of course, they knew who he was before and they avoided him. Now, they knew who he was, but they wanted to know what he had that they didn't have. You know, sometimes we become more concerned with saving face than we do with saving souls. We become organized, systemized, and a (laughs) set, and or whatever it is, and domesticated, but we forget, numbed, that's the word. We become numbed, but we forget what God is doing in our world. And when you see someone like Victor, or you see some other people, and I can mention others who, even John Che, who we also support, by the way, in South Korea you see something going on there was a missionary uh, man named Gustav Warnock and he did some pretty extensive research on great missionary movements throughout history and he said this he said all all of those who did great things for the lord felt a mighty impulse to venture something real and what he meant by that was they were willing to take the challenge and step out. Step out of the comfort zone. Step out of what was the ordinary to do something that God would want them to do. So appropriate the power in trusting Him, being going, being aware, and being His witness. That promise holds for us as well. And God's right there orchestrating our meetings, our conversations, so that we can share. So when you get ready to go to Freddy's or you go to Walmart, pray ahead of time. God, put someone in my life. Let me meet someone that I can share the gospel with. Let me meet someone that I can uh, share Jesus with. Let me close with this. Many of you probably heard of the author John Ortberg. He lives down in Huntington Beach, or excuse me, Newport Beach, California. And one time he was out with some guys and they were witnessing on the, on the boardwalk there. And as they came by, a big bar, out come these three guys. One guy was being beat to a, beaten to a tar and was bleeding all over. And the other two guys were just going like crazy at him. Well, John, he's this mousy little guy. He's not very big at all. He goes over to him and he's saying, hey, you guys, knock it off. Well, they looked up and they all of a sudden stopped and turned around and quit beating and left. And he thought. Well, that's pretty cool. Until he looked behind him, there was a six foot six, three hundred pound big the guy who was the one who the bar what do you call those guys? The bouncers, thank you. A bouncer there, and they realized he had their back. And when they saw him, they said, Okay, it's time to leave. That is what the spirit does. He has our backs, folks. You think you're doing it, you're not. You think you're the one who has the power. You don't. We don't know what God wants to do except for He has that goal. I will give you power. Go and be my witnesses. Share the love of Jesus with those around you. And let me just finish up with this example. In Acts chapter 2, right after Acts chapter 1 that we just talked about, do you remember what happened in the church? Peter, now, I don't know who Peter was. I don't think he was exactly a mousy guy, but he was not 6'6 and 300 pounds. He was a fisherman. Yeah, he probably had some muscles, and yet he was not too confident. Remember, he's the one who betrayed Jesus three times. The Holy Spirit came upon him, and it says, He stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. And over 3,000 people came to Christ that day. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, Jesus was working through that man. And you know, if you look through church history, that never changed. God had Peter's back. Folks, He has our backs. He has so much more in mind than we can imagine. And you know, sometimes it's just a matter of getting to know the neighbor, the person across the street. I'm surprised when I talk to people and I say, well, how about, how's your neighbors? And, you know, I might know somebody and say, oh, well, I never see them. All they do is they undo their garage door. It comes up, the car slides in, goes back down. I never see them outside. I don't even know who they are. I've lived here five years and never met my neighbors. Any of you there? Don't, t- don't answer that one, okay? The point is, though, we need to be meeting them. We need to be sharing. How are they going to know about Christ? If you don't tell them, if I don't tell them, if people aren't sharing the hope that we have. It's a challenge. Now, not all of you are called to go. I know that. If maybe you're not, show up at Wainema, Week of missions. You will at least see people there who are wanting to go and or are gone and get a little bit more exposure to it. If you don't go to Wainema, I highly encourage it. Point is, folks, He's got your back, and He'll support you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you made a decision for Christ or would like prayer with someone from our church family, we would love to connect with you. You can message us on Facebook by searching Roseburg First Christian Church, or you can email us directly at roseburgfcc at gmail.com. In addition, if you're listening to this message on Apple or Spotify, We invite you to like, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it on social media so others can be blessed as well. God bless you and have a beautiful day.